Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. How are we as a church supposed to respond in light of the coronavirus pandemic? The reformer Martin Luther faced many crises in his day, and he responded by saying, Come, let us sing the 46th Psalm and let them do their worst. And of course, this is the psalm that says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Now, we've been looking at this psalm the last uh, several days, and unfortunately, today, you just have Russ and me in the studio. Um, I don't know, maybe there's something better on TV to watch. (laughs) You're listening at your own own risk. (laughs) We don't have uh, uh, Russ, or sorry, Phil. See, I'm still here. (laughs) Maybe you just have one of us in the studio today. It's hard to know. Uh, We don't have Phil and Jonathan in the studio today. So like what you said yesterday, the kids are are at play while the adults are gone, right? Yeah, that's right. If you kind of familiar with this 46th Psalm, um, can you break it kind of down in its three sections for us, Russ, so that our listeners can get caught up? Um, I can't remember the words that Josh uses. I, I'm not sure if I use them the same way, but he uses three Ps. So verses one through three is God's protection. Yep. And then four through seven, his presence. And then eight through 11, his providence. Yep. His yep. care. That's right. And so we've already kind of moved through those first yep. two sections. Um, so, and if you've missed any of those episodes, just subscribe to our podcast. Just make sure you type in The Gospel for Life. Uh, Today we're looking at uh, God's providence or God's sovereignty as kind of the anchor of this psalm, wouldn't you say, brother? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the 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 kind of the 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 statement in verse one is God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we we will not fear. And then He gave us the reason not to fear because He's protecting us, verses one through three. Because He's with us, verses four through seven. And now He's going to give us one more reason not to fear. Why? Because He is sovereign over all things. I know we've talked about this before, but I think this is important. Can you just kind of definitionally give us what it means to that God is sovereign? So sovereignty typically has two aspects to it. It's his power and his will. And so the idea of God's sovereignty is that he um, has the power to execute his holy will. Um, and normally sovereignty is defined by a territory. Um, so we would talk about the United States as sovereign, but we're only sovereign within our borders. Um, and so what this is saying is that God is sovereign and his area of control has no limitations. Um, so God can always do his holy will, everything he desires to do, because there is no one that can thwart it. No one is powerful enough to, to stop him. Um, and that in his wisdom and, and, and power, he can execute all that he desires because he controls all things. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you talk about providence, 
then you, you're really talking about God's execution of his sovereignty. Mm-hmm. His, it, the other way you can say it, maybe hopefully not too simply, is providence is his care of um, his creation. That's right. Uh, of his people. So some of these definitions, uh, this is one of the reasons why we, we love catechisms and creeds so much because they provide really great definitions. In the shorter catechism, question number 11 asks, what are God's works of providence? And the answer is, God's works of providence are his most holy, wise, powerful, preserving, and governing all his creatures and all their actions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monica and I, we have uh, actually two autistic sons. And when we found out Justice, our middle son, um, was autistic at age four, we had a rough patch mm-hmm. of life after that because he did not respond to us in the same way that our oldest son, Josiah, did. And Monica and I would, in a, in a moment of frustration, we would say, what are God's works of providence? And we've repeated that question and answer to ourselves so many times because it's been the one thing that's kept us sane. So um, can you, Rust, so that our listeners can see that this is in the text, can you read us verses 8 through um, 11? It says, Come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And I think you just need to know that throughout the psalm, the actor, the one doing all everything is God. Yeah. Um, so he is the object, if you will, of all of the verbs. And that's not just conjecture. Um, verse 8 explicitly says, come. So it, it it's in the... Um, imperative mood there. He's giving us a command, come and behold, come and look at the things that God has brought on the earth. What has he brought? Well, these are the works of the Lord. What an interesting phrase. So everything that we already saw, uh, the the earth giving way, the mountains being moved to the heart of the sea. Now all of a sudden the psalmist is saying, those things aren't accidental. Mm-hmm. It's not like we have we live in this dualistic universe where God is on one side and the devil's on the other and God's trying to play chess with the things that are happening. That's not at all what's happening. The psalmist is saying, come, behold, these are the works of the Lord and these are the desolations that he has brought on the earth. So, so, so brother, some people might not think that this is comforting at all. <laughs> How would you use this verse to, to bring comfort to people in troubled times. Um, I'm going to just quote quickly from the, I was debating what I'm quoting here. Um, the Heidelberg Catechism asks the question, what do you understand by the providence of God? So that's what we're talking about. And it says, "God, providence is the almighty and ever-present power of God by which God upholds as with his hand heaven and earth and all creatures, and so rules them that, and then this is the important part, leaf and blade, rain and drought, faithful and lean years, food and drink, health and sickness, prosperity and poverty, all things, in fact, come to us not by chance, but by his fatherly hand. And I I find that so helpful 
because we're, we're tempted to, to say good things come to us by God. Bad things come from some other source. Yeah. And I think the clear teaching of Scripture, not just Psalm 46, but throughout, is that all things are under God's care. Yes. That all things are underneath his control. All things are under his power. Now, even, we, the, even the coronavirus? Even the coronavirus. That this is not something that has happened by chance. It's not random. Now, can we say that all bad things that happen in this world are the result of sin? Yes. That was part of the curse. That the world in which we live in is, is not only full of sin, but it's full of the, the effects and the consequences of sin. We live in a broken world. But the good news is we don't live in an out-of-control world. Yeah. Sin is not in control. Yeah. God is even um, in control of the consequences and the effects of sin. Yeah. Um, and so I think the psalmist is saying, come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. Yeah, that's, that's, that language is so particular. Um, he has brought these things. And so we have to continue to remind ourselves of that truth and then step back and say, okay, based on that, how do I respond? Do I respond in in fear and with a lack of trust? Do I, I respond with anxiety? Do I respond... Um, Looking to to myself for solutions? No, I think what this is saying is, okay, if God is in control and all things are underneath his care, doesn't it make sense to go to the one Mm -hmm. and look to the one who is governing over all things? Yeah. And I think that's what the the psalmist, we're going to get to this eventually in verse 10, but I think that's where the psalmist is driving us, is no, God governs all things. Things. Yeah, and I think um, so. If you're tracking, if you've been tracking with us, or if you're just tuning in, we're looking at Psalm 46, verses one through seven. Really give us this this anchor of hope, and then we get to the first command in the text in verse eight, which is "Come and behold." And I think that's the easiest part to overlook, brother. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. P- people come. Okay, so Christians often come and behold the works of the Lord on Sunday when they hear the word preached. And then by Monday, you used the example the other day of, of us sitting across the table from each other, and you asked the question, is my thumb bigger than Josh? Uh, it's actually... <laughs> oh, man, I set myself it's up for that It's actually closer <laughs> than what you might think. <laughs> if you put your thumb in front of your eye, close your other one, then yeah, your thumb is definitely bigger than me. And um, what happens in our, our lives is that hey it's it's you know it's it's Wednesday of this week I don't know what date it is for you but it's Wednesday for us and it's easy to be a you know with God's works and God's person out of our sight and we're hearing all this news we're getting bombarded all the time about what's happening in the world and all of a sudden these things become bigger than God and so this is very practical advice here in verse eight the command is. Come and behold these things. You need your soul to be reoriented mm-hmm. from apart from the things of this world. It, we've talked about this before, but Psalm 103 is so important. It's saying, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And then it goes through all of who God is and how we benefit from that. 
in contrast to with, oh, and don't forget, you're dust, you're frail, you're fleeting, you don't really actually have that much power. But that doesn't matter because your God does. Yes. And that it ends with, the Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. That's sovereignty language. Yeah. He's saying, oh, and don't forget, God rules over all things. And it says, oh, how do we respond to that? Bless the Lord, mm-hmm. all his works in all places of his dominion. Well, that's weird. He just told us what all places of his dominion was. Yeah. That was all the earth. Yeah. Everything's under his dominion. And so what do we do? We bless the Lord, oh my soul. That's right. It really is saying trust. You praise God and you trust in God. Why? Because of who he is and what he not only has done for his people, but will continue to do for his people. You praise him because he is still the one that reigns and rules over all things. Yes. Um, and what a what an, an assurance. And that's really, I think, the heart of, of Psalm 46. This God that is so personal is also the God that is so powerful. Yes. And he's always present. Um, and I, I think that's the heartbeat of, of Psalm 46. And that, he's given us the greatest assurance already in his son. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about this in past broadcast, uh, the gospel logic of Romans chapter 8, verse 32, which says that if he did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, then how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Um, God exercised his greatest sovereignty and his greatest power in sending Jesus Christ into the world. Uh, God became flesh he left the glories of heaven and he took on our human nature. He became a servant obedient unto death, even the death on the cross, so that all who trust in him and hope in him can find the greatest refuge that they'll ever need. Mm-hmm. Brothers and sisters, we hope to be an encouragement to you this week. Um, don't look to the refuges of this world for hope and comfort. We have it in our King, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. We hope that this has been an encouragement to you and we hope to see you next time on the broadcast. Thank <laughs> you.